All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studios as I am combining worlds from what I do in content creation, and that's podcasting and expanding into web series, web design, blogging, writing articles, and just coming up with content that you can digest on those long drives or whether you're exercising or whether you're waking up. That's the best way to consume Detroit is Different. And I'm combining it right now with the world that really led me into a lot of this. And that was hip hop. Hip hop and rap was the reasoning behind myself learning a lot into different forms of media. And connecting to that, I met a lot of cool people. And one of them is an MC that holds things down. Lola Damone, how you feeling? What's up? I'm feeling great. Okay, great is a good, good attribute as uh, I can see, you are uh, ready for this cold, cold winter mm. already. Already. Um, I am. I'm prepared. <laughs> you are prepared. <laughs> uh-huh. So Detroit is different stories. Uh, always venture off into your Detroit story. So let's get yeah. into your Detroit story. Are you a well, first, second, third generation Detroiter? Um, mm. Who in your family was the first to make it this way? In Detroit? Mm-hmm. My grand, my great grandparents, um, mm. yeah, f- from Kansas. Okay. You know, great grandfather had a job at uh, at Ford Motors. Okay, so and that would make you a let's see. Okay, so that means that your grandparents were first, second. You're a third generation. Okay, I didn't even think third about that number. Detroit. Yeah, third. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that, what neighborhood were your great grandparents? Where did they grow up? Like, um, where did they move to when they moved here? Well, I do know my mother grew up, um, and it, it no longer is standing, on the north end side of Detroit where the Davidson Freeway is. Oh, so basically yeah. right here down the street from me oh, in, the, yeah. in the podcast studios. And it's funny. Um, mm-hmm. It's pictures of as the Davidson is being built uh, that I found of my mom playing in the ditch of mm. where the builders were building uh, and preparing for her service. One of the few pictures I found was a picture of her playing as a child, them building wow. the world's first freeway. But the world's first freeway impacted your family directly. Directly. And I didn't know it was the world's first freeway. World's That's first freeway. a fun fact. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> so from there, um, <clears throat> and, and what did your mom say about uh, what that experience was like? Or did she share um, anything about that? She she did. My mom is a great storyteller, um, not in a lying sense, but just when she tells a story, I'll just sit and picture everything. But, um, yeah, she went to Northern High School. Um, okay. My mother grew up with her great-grandparents, and they. I can't think of the street the name I have to ask her the street name, um, but yeah, it was. I think she was born in forty five. So when was the freeway um, uh, being started? It began. So that was like around that time. As I know, my my mom was okay. No man, when would that be? I should I should just go on and use this great internet tool. Let's see. Let's take advantage yeah. of the internet. But I'm going to eyeball it and say it had to have been, I'm thinking maybe like 51, 52. Mm. But let's let, let's see if I was correct. Because yeah. mm-hmm. my mom was such a young child then, and she was the first 
generation person here as mm. everyone else was born in other places but when they came here they had my mom wow actually in this 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 home that we're in the studio my grandparents home uh that my grandfather bought with his gi bill from the world war ii mm. wow that is something yeah my grandfather was in the war world war two as well so mm. yeah man that's crazy and my I, I do know my mother was a little girl when um when they started building i'm gonna have to talk to her okay, i wasn't planning on talking about that but yeah that's no so construction began in 41 as production progress defense plants during world war ii needed access to the freeway mm -hmm. so the pace was increased uh november of 42 the freeway was open okay wow so, so i was completely oh. wrong i was like 10 years off yeah so there we go and my mom must have been three well i'm sorry no uh she wasn't even born mm. When okay. they started, because she was born in forty three, in forty five, mm -hmm. so she yeah. So that moved the family where to further probably like as I can see North End, which North End's neighborhood, and you said your mom went to Northern. What did mm -hmm. did she share anything about like what it was going like going to Northern? Is the tradition at Northern uh, at the time? You know, you had the Motown people. It yeah. was it was a lot of stuff going on at Northern. It was. Area. So um, my family is kind of connected to um the um the gordies mm. in a in a interesting way well um my uncle married anna gordy but that's because he moved to la okay and uh richard lawson is from detroit mm -hmm. and him and richard lawson were apparently buddies back then and they um, they wanted to go to L.A. together to pursue acting. But my uncle ended up doing other things or whatnot. And then he ended up marrying, um, not marrying, but when Anna Gay um, got a divorce, her and my uncle were dating for a long time. Hmm. And then uh, my mother was friends with Fuller Gordy. And, um, yeah, man, uh, my, my older brothers, they actually... I think we're at a party where the Jackson Five was at one time, and they something. met Diana Ross. Like, yeah, <laughs> ain't that something? It was like mm -hmm. you were you were too young to be in the mix. I wasn't even around. I know you, you know? weren't even around to mm -hmm. like uh, play play Michael and Uno. <laughs> you could have been skipping them, <laughs> right? <laughs> but my older brothers, they were maybe seven or eight when that happened. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that North End. So the North mm -hmm. End is kind of the, the stomping grounds for your family, as yeah. the Gordy family was definitely heavy over there. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, did you did you spend time as a child over in that neighborhood? I didn't. Um, by the time I came into our, I incarnated in this world, we lived off of um, Seven Mile and Greenfield. Okay, whole nother culture. Yeah, right uh, down the street from world. the hip hop shop. Down the street from the hip hop shop and Northland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Northland. Northland skating ring. That was my stomping grounds. <laughs> okay. So let, let's talk a little bit before we jump there. Your mom. Okay. What what did your mom do? Um, well, my mom, you mean as a profession? Yeah, or, as a profession. Um, she worked um at Comerica Bank for years and she retired mm -hmm. from Comerica Bank. Um, okay. so, and that's pretty much it. She got into real estate too, but you know, my mom is an OG now, so she's chilling. 
Okay, what about your dad? Um, my dad, my dad came from Lebanon, hmm. um, and I forgot um, what in the '60s. Met my mom. They got married. My dad uh, taught math at Wayne State. Um, he became a computer engineer, hmm. and yeah, my dad was Muslim. My mom was Christian. So I grew up in a house where it was two different, uh, you know, philosophies on God. So, yeah. And and your father's side of the family, uh, mm-hmm. Lebanon and just what that is and coming from Islam and Lebanon, it's a whole different culture, a whole different perspective on family, it a whole is. different perspective on yeah. ownership, just a lot of different things. What yeah. impact did that have on you as a child? Um, wow, that's a pretty good question. Um, well, I always kind of felt like I was a black sheep because, mm. yeah, I mean, I didn't, I remember going to church. I remember going to the mosque. Um, but as I got older, I felt like a black sheep in many ways. I felt like a black sheep to my dad's side of the family. And then I sometimes with my mom's, but I'm, I identify more with my mother's side, mm-hmm. but religion-wise, I just always um, thought outside of the box and just, I think that helped me to um, look at, like, we're all connected, no matter what religion you believe in, because um, I had a great dad, I have a great mom, and nobody can tell me different, but they had two different beliefs on God. Mm-hmm. in the same house so it was kind of confusing a little bit it made me question you know it made me ask certain questions um but yeah it was i don't know i'm unique i guess my situation is quite unique but all of our situations are unique in its own way you know and, but i definitely think that that def that should stand out just being that um in that coming of age, especially in a city that's so predominantly black like yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and then also it's a strong Arab influence mm-hmm. uh, here in Dearborn and just even throughout this region. Yeah. Uh, and, and that connection as mm. it has uh, the the relationship between the Arab world and the black community in Detroit. Uh, yeah. it, it's been... It's been some some warm spots and some cold spots, depending upon what's happening and how things are happening. Mm. But for your mom and your dad to connect on that, that says a whole lot about what they saw in one another. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was just love. Love mm. didn't have a color. Uh, my mom had been in like really an abu- a, a really bad abusive relationship of a marriage. <clears throat> And I think when she met my dad and he just was like a sweetheart to her and treated her better than before and she wasn't getting hit, you know. Um, So, yeah, but they ended up divorcing uh, when I was like 12 years old. And I think it was because of religion and and because of children, because in in the in the Arab culture, uh, they had, you know, it's big families. Yeah. Um, and so my dad wanted more children. My mom didn't. And one thing they showed me that they could be amicable after parting ways, you okay. know. And so that was really good. And my dad continued to take care of me, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, yeah. I never learned Arabic 
I feel I feel bad though. Well, you still definitely can. Yeah. You, know? you definitely can. Well, I tried to learn it in high school. Well, and it, it you didn't definitely work. <laughs> can't. We we know that the the days are still amongst us. Mm-hmm. As if it's anybody that I know is creative and driven, if they want to put things together, right. I've seen you do it. It's more so if you gonna put the time and the effort in. Exactly. And if you talk about that time and that effort, you in childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like growing up for you? What schools did you go to? Um, uh, that seven mile Greenfield yeah. neighborhood. Let's just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Was it a lot of kids over there? Do you uh, remember playing outside all the time? What was it like if I were to meet uh, the 10 year old Lola? What would, would oh. you be like? Yo, let's ride bikes all day. Would it be like, nah, I'm about to stay in the crib and play some Nintendo? What, yeah. What would yeah, be happening? Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I did. I had a circle of unique friends that lived on Montrose. Mm-hmm. And they are like my one, my best friend in the world at that time. She was half Indian and half black. Her mother was black and her dad was Indian. Mm. Now, so you all kind of share something in the yeah. connection. Ain't that something? Yeah. And then my neighbor next door, his mother was straight from Jamaica. That was crazy. So he was Jamaican. It was like all these different unique situations all up in one. And mm-hmm. one of the, our other friends, Wanami, she stayed uh, two houses down, and she was, like, mixed with Indian and or uh, something in black. But that's not, that was weird, though. On that block, we all had that in common a little bit. We were different children. We really didn't hang. We didn't play outside that much. We more so were inside coming up with creative ideas. So, like, give like, me an idea that, like, what would you all do? Because I know child's imaginations can be big. Yeah. So what were you all doing? Okay. So before Nintendo came out, right? Uh-huh. All right. So, because once Nintendo came out, that kind of just, we was all into Super Mario, right? Right there but, on the country in Zelda. <laughs> right. With the codes up, up, down, down, left, right, <laughs> left, right. <laughs> But uh, we would draw. We would um, play different kind of games like bank. Come and, we had something called Come and Go Bank. Okay. And, and what was that? We would pretend to be, we would make fake money. Hmm. Like, and, you know, you come to the bank. It was like a job. Like, So it was almost like you mimicking what your mama was doing. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And okay. then uh, what else would we do? We would dance. We always was just like really creative kids. We uh, and did that carry over? I know it carried over with you, but did it carry yeah. over with your friends as well? Um, hmm. No, actually, they went in a different direction. Um, nobody really kept that creativity going. I think I was like one of the only ones that took it beyond teenage years okay you know everybody else kind of started living life and being grown-ups grown-ups and one of uh, my okay so my my best friend at that time she had an older sister that went to Cass, and she ended up going to new york to parsons to study fashion design and that was just uh she i don't think she followed continued through with it but that was so impactful because it was like Wow. Like and then I I went to New York for the first time at twelve. Because of that, we went to go visit her. Okay, so let's talk about New York through the lens of a twelve year old you. Oh my gosh. I visited there as a child, but what was that like at twelve? It was it was like, Wow, look at this big city that 
all these different people on the street and it's so busy and um okay at that time that was like in 90 uh 92 when we went i think Mm -hmm. and you you were you could buy bootleg tapes off the street Mm -hmm. and i remember it was like new stuff that came out you know so de la souls album i remember buying it way before it came like and then when i came back to detroit it was like oh i'm i got the new de la soul Mm. like nobody has it yet so uh i was just impressed and amazed with new york like wow i this is like a place i would love to be and um yeah that was that was a cool experience so that experience impacted you on a couple levels because you saw new york and then Mm. you also saw creativity become a something more than just the idea but like Mm. that it can grow into something absolutely yeah um because it was just amazing to see my friend's sister like oh wow she's about to she's gonna be a fashion designer Hmm. like and i used to draw she kind of inspired me to do fashion design as well but i i didn't follow through with it But I always been a drawer, you know. Um, like I said, we played those kind of games, real creative, artistic. Mm-hmm. Barbies. I think I played with Barbies up until twelve. Wow. <laughs> so did you name them all, and did they all have like plots and stuff like that? Um, we had really big mansions. I remember. Okay. <laughs> the Corvettes, you know, and I love Barbie. Like. I would really like to start collecting them. I actually do have a few Barbie dolls that I didn't take out the box because I just went like that are like 15, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. But Barbies are, I don't know, it's just, uh, it was something we loved. And so that's kind of old, 12. Mm -hmm. But it kept our innocence though too. Okay. Like we we weren't, and when I say we, I'm talking about the group of friends that I grew up with. But yeah, we didn't we weren't into boys until maybe about 13, 14. Okay. And even then it was innocent. It wasn't so from Barbies to getting a boy's phone number. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> from there, uh we can talk a little bit. You mentioned De La Soul then. Mm-hmm. But hip hop is how I know you. As yeah. you are very creative, uh always thinking through some things. It's a cool creative process. I wish we had documented more of the process when we were working on some of our music together. But I know yeah. uh, you and hip hop. When did you really start connecting with hip hop? Oh, and and was it just a you thing, or were all your friends, were your brothers like? What was well, the gateway for us? Like, yo, I love this art form. Um. Well, I I, I have two older brothers, mm-hmm. and they. Let's see. They were born in '64 and '65, so. My one brother was just like, you would have thought he was a DJ. In the 80s, I remember hearing Houdini. Okay. uh, Prince, of course, all the time. Prince, uh, Michael Jackson. But as far as rap, I remember he used to play Houdini. And that was like my first time ever really like uh, meeting hip, the, you know, hip hop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. What song? Um... He had the album, so Friends. So um, friends and Five Minutes of Funk. Yeah, and, a, and I can't think right freaks now. Freaks come out at night. Yeah, the Freaks come. Oh God, he used to play that out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then once I started 
And did he uh, get completely into the culture? Like, could he break dance and all of that stuff too? No, he didn't do all of that, but he was just a connoisseur of music. Okay. Because I remember he would play B-52s too, mm. you know. But I think in his era, growing up in the 70s, you know, uh, it was just a mixture of different Stevie Wonder and he like he played music from his these big speakers from the basement the, I remember the old school systems yeah mm-hmm. and it used to bang you would think it was like a nightclub in the basement you know <laughs> but surprised your mom didn't be like yo turn that down I know I don't think she she mind and you know I remember just like loving music I you know he would play everything I remember when Purple Rain came out, I was not allowed to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you finally could see Purple Rain, it was an event, I'm guessing. Yeah. It was like, okay, I'm about to watch this. I was like, why can't I watch it? I love Prince. <laughs> but it was some explicit scenes. Exactly. The, the waters yeah. of Lake Minnetonka. I know. Speaking of which, he is such a phenomenal man. I'm so hurt that he's not here. Oh, most definitely. Mm. Most definitely. And being that you grew up with brothers of that era, yeah, that has a different impact on you following his music career. Because mm-hmm. it's different than looking back at it. You were like there when, when your brother probably bought Sign of the Times yeah. and was like, yo. Yeah. It was crazy because actually my brother had a, a gig working at um, one of the big stadiums uh, that's no longer standing anymore. Uh, not a stadium, but like a, a place where concerts were held. Okay. And he actually did, um, he worked in the back on a Prince, a big Prince show. Wow. I think it was like in the 85, 86. Mm. And he still has a picture, this picture up in his basement. He took a picture with Vanity Six. Oh, man. And that was just like, you could just see him glowing in the picture. Like, they were all around him. Talk about it. Yeah, that's a a picture I would have framed up in my my basement as well. Yeah, that was a big deal, you Mm -hmm. know, at that time. So, and then my, um, actually, my son's grandmother on his dad's side, Mm -hmm. she was actually really good friends with Prince. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But she was a little uh, older, younger than my mom. So um, she grew up in the 60s. But, yeah, anyway, she was pretty good friends with him. So what about yeah. your mom and music? Did your mom, mom, like, love music? Was she playing stuff often? Um, I wouldn't say so. Not so much. What no. about your dad? My dad, not so much either. Okay, so no. more so your brothers that introduced you and kind of built your taste for music mm-hmm. because I think your family has a whole lot to do with, you know, your your formative years and what you listen to mm-hmm. kind of sets the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sets the stage for what you like. And I owe that to my one, just one brother because everybody else was not... Um, Into music like a that. A connoisseur of music. They just kind of turned on the radio and was yeah. like, hey, whatever's on, music. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I'm thankful for him because, yeah, that did kind of influence me. Okay. Now, as we talk a little bit about Houdini kind of the start, who were some of the first rappers yourself that you really got into that weren't ushered in through your... My brother. That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, So maybe when I was about, well, of course, salt and pepper. 
Okay. But I was still kind of young. And let's with stop them. right there too, because okay. just being a female MC, it's a different perspective and we'll definitely further on in the discussion get into so much that i think female mcs have to go through because it's such a male dominated uh industry as one of the first things i was told one of my homeboys that used to work with dmc it was Mm -hmm. funny he was like you know hip-hop is like hip-hop is like guys sitting around and making superheroes of themselves Mm. So if you got one girl's phone number, you got a hundred girls phone numbers. Like we're superimposing everything, you mm. know, but it's still such a male dominated perspective. And, it is. And you definitely know what that's like. So yeah. seeing women MCs and then even men being willing to accept women MCs or yeah. women being able to accept women MCs. Mm. It's like such a, it's a different world. It know? is. Um, so salt and pepper. I remember what it was like me seeing push it yeah you know as a kid but for you I, I can't even imagine what that's like for a girl to see like damn women is out here and i mean i guess you had roxanne shante yeah uh it was other you know uh kalima here jj fat was jj fat and not, then i mean smiley too yeah but um oh yeah definitely smiley was she paved the way yeah so but what was that like for you seeing women mcs at a young age it was um empowering it was like wow you know but i guess i didn't really uh it was just still all about rap but even it wasn't it wasn't like oh this a female like i don't know mm-hmm. but you're right it's a male dominated field and um yeah women you have to be a strong kind of you have to have a strong personality or be so driven to what you want to accomplish mm-hmm. and 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 be willing to deal with the things that come with the territory yeah and we'll definitely so, get into that as yeah. uh i definitely think the toughest one of the toughest women rappers ever you know um another detroiter and boss like yeah yeah when deeper came out it was like i know what is this i didn't i was like when i found out she was from detroit i thought she was from cali yeah you know <laughs> Uh-huh. I remember buying her album at Fairlane um, when it came out. <laughs> yeah. So and my cousin knew the word, word her stuff word for word. So yeah. the the yeah boss was one of those rappers that it's like even the toughest dudes was bumping like oh I know. you know it's rare it's like boss rage you know you yeah. had some cuts like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, what so who were some of those MCs like that it was just like that made me um, that that have impacted you most growing up I would say JJ Fat okay that's where it started that was like oh I can rap that I can rap like that like I wanted to learn every word and I could never get that last part I can't either. <laughs> I'm just thinking about supersonic right supersonic, now. Supersonic, yeah. I could never get that part. Hit it, baby D. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, I would say them because that was when I was about. Wait a minute, I'm gonna be exposing my age. You already was, sort of did in, in the uh, other thing of the New York trip. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. All yep. you gotta do is do the math. I know. But, it's like um, the mathematics. Yeah, I was like twelve. Me. Okay. And I just, that was for the first time I like thought about 
analyze how did they how she how did she write that what was it was more of like instead of being a fan i was sitting and studying how she delivered studying how mm. the wordplay why the words that she chose okay like oh okay i'm really looking at it like how do you do this okay you know now first time you wrote a rhyme mm-hmm. how old were you i was 19. Okay, so it took a while. Were you freestyling before then, like playing around? Did you know you wanted to do it, but you were like, mm, "I'm about to do this." All I did was write poetry. Wow. I had I had books of poetry from. Do you still have those? I do. What were you writing poems about? Um, just what I like, kind of painful, almost. Mm. Uh, it would be sadness, happiness, mm. questioning life, questioning God. At that time, I would say poetry started um, at, like, 16. Was it in response to something? Um, no, nah, because I always was a writer. I mm. have journals um, from 1989. Hmm. And I that actually, that was my first journal uh, in 1989, and I still have it. And I, it's so cool to look at the young me. And be like, oh, that's look what I was putting stickers in there, and mm. I had markers. I wrote different colors on different days, and I would be angry some days. I'd talk about being hurt. Like, I've mm. always been into picking up a pen and writing. And uh, poetry. Why, poetry. Why did you choose that form of expression? I think what inspired, because I don't know. I have to go back to when I was 15 years old. Something I have to really think about that. Something must have triggered that, like to for me to. Maybe when Poetic Justice came out, hmm. I think that's around the time I started writing, and Janet was Justice, that, and yeah. it was like, oh, poetry, hmm. cool. I could just talk about how I feel, okay. and you know, um, hmm. but then I was like, I want to rap. So from poetry to rhyming. Yeah. So first rhyme, 19. Mm -hmm. What was it that sparked it to go from like, okay, I'm about to make this a rhyme? Because, okay, before 19, I really, when Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown came on the scene, mm -hmm. it was just like, oh, wow. They, okay, they around my age, number one. And mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, this is new. This is something I want to do that. I want to, and I remember when Lil Kim's album came out, I would rap her songs like they were mine. Like, okay, I'm a fan. I like the music, but it was different. Like me and my homegirls, we'd hang out, go to Belle Isle at that time. This was like when when did Lil Kim's album come out? That was like ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven. Because like yeah, yeah, in ninety five, no, that was Junior Mafia. But no, yeah. when Kim's album came out. First of all, she was really a terrible influence. You know, like corrupting a young girl. It was certain things that she said I'd never heard of sexually. And it was like, oh, not. I'm not saying that she taught me that. But it but introduced the whole concept of like, yeah, I remember hardcore and getting it. And, you know, Biggie wrote a lot, a lot of those of rhymes with her. Which I So yeah. it definitely mm -hmm. was like... A woman's, per, it was, you know, her persona definitely was a different, like, even like it get money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she, her persona 
the the gregarious woman taking control mm. of a man in situations i could definitely see the allure of it you yeah. know yeah definitely she just i just i she was a bad influence but because i wasn't at that time i just wasn't that type of girl to be it was just she was just saying some nasty explicit content but what i loved more about it was i kind of looked past that mm-hmm. and was like listen to the way that she rap like listen to her her tone of voice it's coming from you know like nah this is she dope like i'm not even looking at the sexual stuff i'm just looking at mm-hmm. the actual talent like mm-hmm. oh wow and i like i said i would hang out with my home girls and we all knew the words mm-hmm. i rapped it a little different though Mm-hmm. I wrapped it with more like, and and I took note of that. I was like, okay, I'm. Why am I more so passionate about it? Like I'm rapping it like it's me rapping. Hmm. They're rapping it more because oh yeah, I like the song, I like the words, I fuck with Kim, da 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 da. da. Mm-hmm. But I was more so learning from her, mm-hmm. and that's and that was another thing that I made note of. Like oh, I want to be a rapper. Hmm. I could do this. Okay. Yeah, she show and Foxy, both of them at that time, and Queen Pen. Mm-hmm. You remember Queen Pen? I remember Queen Kim Pen on uh, the first time I heard her was the 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 No Diggity song with Dr. Dre and Blackstreet. Yeah, because she was signed to Teddy Riley. I I didn't know what, and then I know she was married to my man from Buff from the Fat Boys. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, or whatever the one of the Fat Boys died. I think that was Buff. Yeah, that mm. was Buff. So, mm. um, and I then she know. had the the album. I remember Queen Pen. I yeah, remember Queen Pen. I remember a lot of the. I just love hip hop, so mm-hmm. I remember a lot of the hip hop uh acts like even the female, you know, Star. You know, like, what's up, star? We at the bar? <laughs> you know, mm. a lot of the female MCs, you know. Because it wasn't that many no, at that time. No, so. it was very, very few that were given access to, like, national attention. Yep. And yep. and that, and I understand it's, like, it's such a male-dominated industry. It's a male sport. Yeah. Number one. And women got in. We crept in with it, but... You know, you back then you had to sound, you had to have your own style, and you had to be saying something serious. Yeah. You know, now where we at today, things are different. You know, but in the beginning, you had to stand out. You had to have your own sound. You couldn't sound like MC Light. Yeah. You'd be biting. Well, even though I still <laughs> think Light may be my favorite, she's one of my favorite MCs. Period. Like yeah. it's it's weird. It's it's almost dismissive to her to be like, she's one of my, she's my favorite female MC. It's like mm-hmm. light is dope as hell. Like, uh, uh, you know, like when I think about like how she set up, you know, you can cha 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 to this Mardi Gras. I'm the dopest, uh, I'm the dopest MC that you heard thus far. Uh, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, 10% diss is like some of her songs. Yeah. Now roughneck as a guy, it's hard to listen to a song. like She switched <laughs> it up on that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to be bumping roughneck, but mm. MC Light has she, you know, like her her flow, like the way she fit the pocket of the beat. Yeah, and, and I mean, even this yeah. is how dope MC Light is. Her verse is the best verse on self destruction, 
And that yeah. pound for pound is some of the greatest MCs ever on it. Right. You know, yeah. you got Heavy oh, D, wow. you got you got Chuck D, you got uh, who else is also KRS One. Yeah. And it's the best verse, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like, yo, this is like uh She killed it. Keep up, uh Funky Fresh uh dress ready to press uh at the party. You know, it's like, yo, this is dope. Mm-hmm. Why do you in my pocket dying to hit the party? You get in the club for a whole ten dollars, you know, it's like the the and then she the way she painted the picture and everything, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like, yo, she is dope. She is, she was. I mean, and she had that New York swag. No. Oh, beyond <laughs> it, beyond it, like feel, flavor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even in the old school shows, uh, she delivers. I think my favorite from those old school shows now is, is Kane, Kane, but Kane is Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Kane yeah. is, I think Kane is amazing. Yeah. I mean, like if it ever was a rapper where it's like, damn man, if he could have just been like four years younger. Yeah, he'd have killed the game. Like, like Kane is amazing. You <laughs> he know was a saying? ladies' man. I remember all the girls liked him. Yeah, well, like the smooth operator Kane. I don't know about that Kane, but yeah. warm it up Kane. Like MC Kane, uh, the Rafa Kane. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but I'm I'm talking about my stuff. I'm, I'm going into <laughs> your interview. So, uh, you write your first round nineteen. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that run? I don't. Okay. No, because I wrote so many raps. Oh, so after that, it went from poetry to rap then, I mm-hmm. guess. Poetry to rap. Yeah, when I wrote my first rap, I was still second-guessing myself. Mm. So I would go to my friends and rap to them, like a couple people that I felt comfortable, like, how does it sound? Because mm-hmm. for a long time, I was stuck in this phase of how do you transition from poet poetry to writing a verse you know mm. i studied i knew it would be hook verse hook verse you know yeah the format. 16 bars in the I, like i had wait studied so you it. actually knew bar structure because i didn't learn yeah. bar structure you learned bar structure just from listening i did yeah wow that's and that's, i would count it that's amazing but i learned everybody learns differently though because i didn't know? know bar structure until Boy, boy, it's like being in the studio. It's like, yeah, you gotta be on beat. And it's like, okay, let's, mm. let's figure this up. Yeah, <laughs> no, I learned to to write a sixteen bar, but I hadn't recorded yet. And let's get into so, that. What yeah. was what your first recording session? When did you first go to the studio to record? Um, okay, so let's go back to two thousand. Okay, I met a, I met I I linked up with this girl I had went to high school with. And um, mm-hmm. she was into writing poetry, and she was hanging out with some people that uh, rapped. And um, so I met some of her friends, and they were rappers. And um, the studio they would record at was in out of a house on. It was over. Mm, it was near the New Center area. I can't think mm-hmm. of the, Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Okay, and these guys, they had their own. We, you were recording the dining room. It was, it was, what it was. But at that time, mm-hmm. they had the, they had the setup to at least put a, to lay down the foundation of, you know what I mean. But if you want to go mix and master it, you had to go to the studio, uh, you know, the so disc or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but they had a pre-production kind of thing set up at their crib. Okay. 
and uh, what was the name of that production company? I feel bad because I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing a verse. I finally had this revelation, like, aha, that aha moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how to deliver. I knew how, to, I figured out how to write a rap in bars and mm-hmm. um, how to deliver it. Mm. And so, yeah, I remember once I hooked up with them and I met them, I was like, yo, I just, they gave me a shot at listening to me. Like, here, mm. I, I wrote this verse and they thought it was dope. And I was like, you could lay it down here. All right. So yeah. when they said lay it down here, how long did it take you to record your first verse? Um, Maybe about, it, I caught on pretty quick. Okay. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like take after take after take after take. No. Okay. Actually, wait a minute. Let me go back before that. My memory is kind of bad i i recorded somewhere else before them because mm-hmm. they actually like gave me the confidence that i needed like once i heard it back it sounded dope it was another group of friends that i was working with and they took me to a studio where i remember going to the bathroom and i overheard the guys in the basement like she whack she <laughs> <laughs> and i remember that stung that hurt oh, my man. feelings yeah, and I was Ugh. like, but it gave me a fuel, like it fueled my fire. Like, like I ain't gonna be whack for forever now. I was like, watch, I'm about to get on. They gonna regret feeling that way, saying that about me, mm. you know. But it was like, okay, they didn't say it to my face. That's how they felt, and I overheard them talking in the basement. Like mm. they think I'm whack, and that just made me feel like, nah, I'm about to prove it to the world, them and everybody. I I believed in myself that much. I might have been whack. I probably was whack, mm. you know. But that so I went on. I just kept doing it. I remember I did a rap battle, my first rap battle at a place on Six Mile Telegraph. Wow. So okay, now all right, we we jumped all, we jumped completely <laughs> in because writing a rhyme is deep. Mm-hmm. Actually, saying that rhyme for other people already is a step in the journey. Yeah. Getting to the studio is a step in the journey, but battling? I don't know. I had the heart of a tiger. That that's year. <laughs> a whole new layer of it, especially in Detroit, because Detroit MC, this is a, uh, you know, this ain't. This ain't the pat you on the back, good for effort <laughs> no. place to be battle rapping. Mm-mm. People may battle rap you and you be like, okay, mm, this just embarrassed me for uh, possibly I'm going to need counseling after this. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so you went into battle rapping. I did. Soon after. It was set up like a ring too. Mm. And I went in. Actually, you had to get on this list. I just walked up in this club mm. and I heard you that they the club? It was something AD. Hmm. Do you remember? Okay, so it's vacant now. I was just guessing it was the Ceno Lounge, but Mm-mm, I remember that too. But mm-hmm. this one was Millennium AD. Okay, I remember Millennium. Yeah, but it might have been named something before that because I remember it was a few people that came in and was changing the name. I mean, like like a lot of bars in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember it was packed, and I went in there, and I went with a few people. And I remember finding out it was a um, battle going on. Mm-hmm. Like, we just went to hang out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't even. And then once we saw it was a battle, and I was, I went to the DJ, and I was like, how you got? How do you get in this? I want to get in it. Hilarious. And he was like, it's a long list. He was like, it's a wait. Like, I was like, all right. 
And then he was like, but if something come up, I could put your name on the list. And I was like, okay. If somebody cancel or don't show up, you can. And I mean, like, 10 minutes later, that happened. And he was like, yo, it's a spot right here. You want to go on? I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> and I remember I went against a guy. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say, too. Because with battling, you can go against anybody. Mm -hmm. Man versus woman. Man versus man that's been rapping for 20 years. Right. It don't make a difference. <laughs> well, I guess I went up against somebody that wasn't, that was just as bad as me. Hilarious. Okay. But maybe I was, and I didn't freestyle, which should have been a violation of it all. Because I sure actually, <laughs> I spit a rap that I had wrote, uh -huh. you know, and I was, now I guess wait, I was wait, feeling Now wait, wait, now time out, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really, MCs know oftentimes unless you're really good at disguising it whether it's freestyling or something written mm -hmm. and depending upon what era you came up in rap because right now rap has whole new rules like yeah it does. I, it's like the nba or something like you know i'm hand checking still because i'm mm -hmm. old school like it's like you can't write your rhymes i don't like to punch in it's so many things that engineers look at me like why are you why are you still stuck to this stuff? And mm. it's like, I don't know, man. I just grew up in a different era. But yeah. things like that, like freestyling is freestyling. Meaning yeah. you don't know what you're going to say. Even mm -hmm. if we're in a cypher. A cypher is two MCs freestyling. Right. I'm not in the cypher. I'm present listening to what you say. And then when you say, all right, now pass it to Kari. And then yeah. I'm going to be like, so I'm Kari and I'm never sorry. And then the people going to know that they never bar me. Bar me because I mean something just to start me. Like, like you know, the, the freestyle is always really off the top of whatever mm -hmm. is in your mind. Right. Completely improvisational. Yeah. So. Something changed in like 2007 where freestyle was like, okay, I wrote this rhyme. I memorized it. And I'm going to just, because it's not in a song, it's a freestyle. Yeah. And that's a whole new era of hip hop. Yeah. But even with what you're speaking to is not this era. I'm going to, I'm going to say that off rip. That was in 2000. Oh yeah. That was, that was old rules. Yeah. That and was I jail think ball. back then people were mixing it up. Like, you know, you could, you could have a line in the back of your head that you know you wrote and then but mix sometimes it, in with. it when i freestyle if i try to do that and i don't know if you're better at this i don't do that it either. throws me off me too because yeah. now it's like i was so busy trying to put this line in then what do i say next if right. i'm not just thinking of what i say next right just then i can't the really freestyle right i agree i'm the same way so i never did that mm -hmm. i did i went in that ring and I said my rap, they didn't, I didn't get booed. The guy got booed, but they showed mercy on me. They, I, nobody really clapped. It was just like, all right, we could tell you wrote that. You know, uh -huh. this little pretty girl. Who, who uh -huh. is this? Like, yeah. okay. And, but I had heart. Yeah. I wanted to prove to myself I could go in could here. And so that may have been, that was that your first performance? Yeah, I guess your so. Your first performance was a battle. Yeah. Oh boy, that's gutsy. Yeah, and the guy was saying, like, I guess he was freestyling, but he was dissing me. He just started uh, just Probably going in on me. Yeah, yeah, going in, and everybody was like, boo. <laughs> 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 but, you know, what an experience. I'm glad I got that experience. So, you know? But f let's get back to freestyle. Not to Yeah, 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 break it because, down. Because let me go back. I'm forgetting. There were, like, three different rap clicks back 
in 2000 that I was like associated with. associated with because at that time rap was I mean not everybody was pursuing rap mm-hmm. you know what I mean it was a small circle uh one one crew they were uh 30 31 flavors and they were like from Southfield and they went they they were like they fucked with Jay Dilla mm-hmm. uh they they had this like underground hip-hop style about mm-hmm. them but they all were like pretty much they went to Southfield High mm-hmm. at that time they used to do the talent shows and I was friends with uh two of the members because they actually had a group it was like 31 of them mm-hmm. and um 31 313 you know it was a mm-hmm. playoff of that but it was like 31 flavors like we got different styles to Mm-hmm. And they were a crew, and and I remember freestyling with them for the first time. Like, I don't know if that came. That definitely came after poetry, but from the time I wrote my first rap until it was all kind of mixed in. Now that I think about it, but I never forget that feeling of like I'm just off the top. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just saying, and I felt comfortable with them because I felt like they weren't judging me. If I if I come off whack, it's okay. We just, it's an exercise. Just mm-hmm. keep going. Because to me, they knew how to do it. And mm-hmm. it, and I, once you get in a cipher, you're feeding off of people's energy. Yeah. You know? And it just felt like, oh, wow, this is, mm-hmm. I want to be sweet at this. If yeah. you can do this, you're dope. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that crew, what were the other crews you were in? Um, It was a crew called Five Fiend. Now, it was a crew called the Wall Street, which Mm -hmm. was Royce's crew Mm -hmm. back then. Um, And I would hang out, looking at them, because me and Royce went to high school, we went to Oak Park together. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Mm Mumford, but we did, my family, uh, before my parents divorced, we did move to Oak Park. So a lot of my growing up uh, in my adolescent teenage years Mm -hmm. started in in Oak Oak Park Park, from birth up until... Like eleven was mm-hmm. Detroit, and then we moved right to Oak Park. So with that, even then, as mm-hmm. I remember some of Royce's early stuff, just hearing it, and I was, I'm, you know what I'm saying, I'm younger than you are, and mm-hmm. it's just a little bit, but I remember hearing some of his stuff, and I was like, yeah. yo, this dude is amazing. He was sick. Was he? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he was sick. I mean, and they had a crew. It was the Wall Street. Mm. It was a uh, black, or was it was it Wall Street or Black Wall Street? Mm-hmm. And it was Trey Little and uh, the Twins, and um, they had a crew. Mm-hmm. Back then, you had a crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we talking about late '90s, mm-hmm. because that's what we saw on Rap City. Yeah. That's what we saw with every rapper like coming out of New York. Click, you had Wu-Tang a click. Yeah. Even Death Row, mm-hmm. like a label. Be- you know, we didn't have the money to back a label, but we had a crew because we all the rappers. Right. We just ain't got the backing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hence crew, <laughs> not label. Yeah. So from there, where does uh, you, you get to the studio? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you keep going at this. Are yeah. you putting uh, other time into this or uh, what's happening with school? What's happening with the rest of your life as that's rap so is taking off and being something that's occupying your mind it occupied my mind because i didn't have no bills to pay mm-hmm. i didn't have no worries good old freedom of teenage freedom freedom teenage At freedom 1920 i was i was going to wayne state mm-hmm. and what were you what was your money. major at wayne um, state in your mind nursing okay yeah 
but I was wasting money mm-hmm. because all I would do was sit in class and write raps. Wow. And that's when I realized, like, okay. So they talking about anatomy, and you sitting up here like, hey, yo, you want to battle me? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> talking right. about anatomy, you want to battle me? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fact that I was doing it oh, so much, I kept getting better. I saw uh-huh. my growth. Like, oh, I'm getting better. Okay. You know, like, if I keep studying this craft and the art, I'm going to get really good. It's meant for me to do this. Okay. Type thing. And so... I I think maybe that year two thousand, up in the Up and Smoke tour came here, and I remember that I remember yeah. that Joe Louis Arena Up and Smoke. That was a big show. That was um, all of the West Coast. Dr. Dre, Snoop, the Dog Cube. Pound, Cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eminem was just Eminem was on the show, but he wasn't opening up. It was mm-hmm. him and D twelve, and they were, you know, they were. That was when M first. That was like with. as he was coming to his prominence. Yeah. yeah. That was um right when Hi, My Name Is. Yep. And who else was on that? So they came in town. I already knew Corrupt from, uh, I met him on a, at a video shoot when Chris Webber had a record label. It was called um, No Coast. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And I, that was around the time when I was still stuck in poetry. Mm-hmm. I didn't have raps, but I was like, I want to be a rapper. I know how to write poetry, but I was telling people like, oh, yeah, I rap. Mm-hmm. And I remember Corrupt, when I met him, this was in 98, 99, mm-hmm. and he was uh, in town. He was, me and my homegirl were in the video that Chris Webber was shooting, yeah. shooting basically, because we all grew up in Oak Park. Yeah, There was a group that was signed to Chris Webber, and we were in there. We knew them from just growing up in Oak Park. And they wanted some girls in the video, yeah. and y'all look fly. And it yeah. was like, yo, y'all want to be in Chris Webber In the video, video? Like, right. Hell yeah, we want to yeah. be in Chris Webber That was video. big at that time. Like, yeah. nobody was, Chris Webber could have really, capital, like, he could have really did something big with that. Yeah. Like, you have yeah. your record, a record label. So they were signed to Chris Webber, and Chris was cool with, like, Corrupt, all these different people yeah. outside of Detroit. Mm-hmm. So they had Redman come in, Method Man and Redman. They had this big show that they did downtown at the, um, at the um, not the Masonic, but it was on Woodward, mm-hmm. the one something. of the, the theater, arts or something. something like that. Yeah. yeah, and but yeah, I met Corrupt at the video shoot, and I told him I rapped, and he put me on the spot. He was like, "Let me hear you rap," and I was like, uh, I, "I was just silent." It was like, well. Yeah. I don't really write. He was like, well, you ain't no rapper if you don't have no raps. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. He was correct. <laughs> yeah. And we was cool. We didn't exchange numbers and nothing like that. It was like, all right. That taught me a lesson, but it was still all love. We were all smoking and drinking and mm-hmm. just kicking it. Then when the Up and Smoke tour came, which was maybe like a year and a half later, mm-hmm. I, me and my homegirl went down to fill out an application for the casino because um, the Greek Town Casino had just opened. Mm-hmm. And we, we went to fill out the apps and then we went to Fishbones to eat afterwards. And I was seeing like all the tour buses and all the minivans, the promo vans. I'm like, okay, that, that show is here. It's this weekend. But little did I know, I didn't know I was gonna run into Corrupt at Fishbones. Wow. So I seen him and I 
And I was like, dang, I'm going to go up to him and ask him, do he remember me from mm-hmm. rapping? Like, I told him I was a rapper. Well, I had raps already, like, written and memorized Ready at this time. Go. Yeah, so I was like, I went up to him, and he was like, I do remember you. I was like, you want to hear me rap? Remember you said, yeah. you know, I was like, I got raps now. And he was like, all right, go ahead. Put me on the spot, and I, I spit, you know, and I... He was like, all right, we're going to link up for sure. Mm. Um, so we ended up, I ended up linking up with him, going to the show. He, me and like maybe four other artists he met in De- while he was here in Detroit. He was like, yo, I'm going to start a record label and I'm going to get, I want y'all all to connect with each other, but I want to have y'all work on my label. Okay. So. Nothing happened because I think he was tied up in a situation in a I mean, contract. Like that's yeah. That was like one oh one, welcome to the music business. Man, and I grew up what the, listening to corrupt. The you know? the the getting tied up, ideas, plans happening, things always change. Yeah. I mean, even even from us working on stuff, like it took us years to work on music. Mm-hmm. But the concept of like, yo, we need to work on something. That probably was an inception like in two thousand and six, seven, but it didn't take place till like two thousand and like fourteen or something. You know what right. I'm saying? Like yeah, it yeah. happens like that. That's just right. That's Timing. just the name of this game. You mm-hmm. know? But basically, I ended up connecting with Corrupt. I hung out with him. Um, went on the Up and Smoke tour with him. I met everybody too. Now the problem with that is, I started liking him at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes girls get caught up in situations where, you know, the business, you cross the line with, but it was mutual. I wasn't trying to get something out of him. I just really liked him, and I thought he was dope. We started kind of kicking it a little bit, but it, nothing happened, you mm-hmm. know. But one thing he did, and he started dating that girl, Natina, and my heart was so broke. Dang, but I thought he the was girl my boyfriend in my head. Yeah, the girl from Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I really love Corrupt because uh, I just thought he was such a funny, cool man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, very outspoken. Sagittarius are like that, though. They're very blunt. Mm-hmm. And he was just a, a real person down to earth. He didn't act like some type of way. But one thing he did do, he introduced me to Drunken Master. And him and Drunken Master met from death row Mm because drunken master was cool with should and i think drunken master actually dj for death row and uh let's be clear Mm -hmm. death row's ties in detroit go deep as uh oftentimes and and this will be my second interview and i may actually play that after or before yours but uh butch small uh t money green uh dj los Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, uh, they are, Snoop yeah. and his ties to Detroit mm-hmm. uh, and his family. Like Detroit and Death Row have a deep connection. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Felicia, who's a, a hell of a director, even though it's like I know Felicia's like ah, Cardi is like ah, you mm-hmm. know. But love you, Felicia. Um, it, Detroit and Death Row deep connect, deep mm-hmm. deep connections, especially Suge yeah. in Detroit. Now, I didn't. I knew it a little bit, but I didn't know it like that. And I, I knew it. I thought, you know, from Drunken Master, him. That, that's the only experience I knew, hands on. Like he would tell me stories about hanging out, 
and you know just mm-hmm. hanging out being friends with Suge he used to write him actually and stuff and mm-hmm. like dang but so yeah drunken and corrupt knew each other and drunken master was like you know what I'm looking for a female rapper to to get on this song I got a song that's hot it's mm-hmm. a hit record and I need a female rapper on it and he was like your voice I like I rapped for him I remember and he was like yeah when you when you get back home let's link up and like a month later we we linked up and we went in immediately and recorded 50 players deep okay and that changes the trajectory of everything about what you do because most people know you from 50 players deep yeah hell of a song on the uh fubu compilation that and uh and I think that song was actually bigger than uh, what was the other song with Ludacris and LL Cool J. Oh, Fatty Girl. Yeah, Fatty Girl. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah they were both the singles that the record label was Charles. pushing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Fifty Players videos Deep too. They had yeah. videos. Yeah. Well, see, Fifty Players Deep wasn't supposed to be an actual single. Mm-hmm. What happened was there was a song with Nas, Nate Dogg, and Corrupt on on the uh, compilation. Um, and because Corrupt was going through some contractual stuff with his All label, of that stuff, yeah. they had to take him off the record, which meant, because mm-hmm. that song had a video, mm-hmm. uh, not 50 Players Deep. That was going to be the video mm-hmm. for that song. That was the single. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called The Good Life. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, that song was called when Nate Dogg was on the hook, Nas was on the verses, and Corrupt. Mm-hmm. Well... <sighs> The label took Corrupt off, and um, Nas, I, I don't know. It was it got political. Mm-hmm. All I know is that... Um, it never made it. The video, they were like, listen, because th- I was supposed to do a cameo in the video for The, the Good mm-hmm. Life. I was going to go down to Miami and just do a cameo. But they changed it up because that song wasn't gonna they were having those legal issues with it they ended up making 50 players deep the like replacement Mm -hmm. so it was just like wow this is really happening like we're going we went we went from relatively fast for your career to be that new into rap and it hitting uh Mm -hmm. when that hit and that became such a big song uh what what was your response from your family? Like your mom, your dad, oh. your cousins? What, well, what was their response? That's a good question because um, my dad still was in the dark because he just, he just knew I was effing up in college, not mm-hmm. doing that like how he wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't understand that things were propelling to another level. My mom did because she saw me having the – she went to summer jam shows. You know, like, oh, okay, this is a big deal. And when you see your daughter on stage and the girls in the crowd know every word and it's, you know, this is a big deal, like, oh, okay, my daughter is actually doing something i never seen her do before, and this is serious. And she's flying out here, flying out there to do videos. And then we did a tour. We had our own bus, which was the dopest thing ever to see my face on a bus at that time. Like, they had it wrapped. And back back then, you had to have a tour bus. You know what I mean? Like, and so we went from city to city all across the United States. Uh, we did, like, 15 cities. Okay. Howard Homecoming. Um, it was big. 
that was a big deal. Like they took a local record that and was big in Detroit and took it to national. You so know. at that point, moving forward, uh, as that trajectory changes, because I'm guessing at that point you say deuces Wayne State, you know, and everything mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, uh, oh hell yeah. What happens moving forward from there to get to now as music? You've seen so much. Uh, I have. As an MC, yeah. uh, from a national stage, from an independent stage, uh, being here in Detroit, um, what's been like a, a, a like a, a fast, like I guess microwave version of uh, hmm. what would be your take on that MC that's looking, especially the female MC that's looking at getting in this game? Mm, you mean currently right now? Yeah. I, you know things have changed drastically so i don't i'm i'm kind of in a place where i'm kind of like how do you navigate in this day and age i don't know um and then another thing a lot of people in the hip-hop community in my era of i'll say my my hip-hop career began in 2000 that's when things started taking off i wanted it so bad i was able to use the law of attraction and manifest exactly what i wanted it didn't take long. but And that's why I'm a firm believer that whatever you really want by thinking about it all the time and then multiplying that by your actions, you will equal what you want. You know what I'm saying? So it didn't take long. But in this day and age, it's so different now. The Internet has completely uh, shifted something. You know, like, and I look at it in, like, four-year increments. Like, okay, what was I doing four years ago? which would make it 2014. Okay, 2015, I dropped a mixtape. Seemed like my mixtape didn't really circulate or I didn't really get a lot of support with it. Not, And that could be because it just wasn't promoted right. It was dope, because I'm always coming hard. Like, it was a dope uh, work of art. But it didn't do it didn't do anything. My SoundCloud didn't go through the rocket through rocket through the roof, you know. Then four years before that uh, would be 2010. I've been dropping mixtapes since probably working with DJ King David, and that me and him started working together in 2007. And that's kind of around the time when we met. When we met, as right? King Dave has always been. Shout out King Dave is. I know um, that's the homie. I don't talk to him, people but that, yeah. Um, I, it's. It's so unique because there's so many people that I feel like I used to look at it like, man, I can't build with this person. But now I look at it like hip hop is it's so few scarce resources on the table that it brings out some of the worst in a lot of people. King Dave is one of those people that I think has always been solid. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's yeah. good when you come across people in hip hop that are 100. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Uncle P, King Dave. I'm I'm throwing both those names those names out because I just saw Uncle P a mm-hmm. second ago, but it's a it's others, but it's so many other people that I even almost like you know as they say like you know forgive them for their sins for they know not what they've done, mm-hmm. just in the sense of it's so scarce that I understand why it's a lot of what people may call shadiness or uh, people not conducting themselves at which how I would conduct myself you know yeah right 
And and now as a woman, you deal with a whole nother level of like guys coming at you sexually. Yeah. Guys yeah. just looking to take advantage of you. Uh, yeah, I guess this so. is, as you say, it is. It's a boys. It's a boys. It is. A, it is. And but I never had to do anything uh, to compromise my Any dignity. Yeah. I never had to do it. If I wanted to just kick it or mess with somebody is because I just wanted to because mm -hmm. I you know that has happened before but and you can't mix business with pleasure you know mm -hmm. I'm I'm learning that I have a son and his father is a producer and we kind of the way we met it was just it kind of got me off track I mm -hmm. fell in love with him we were engaged and um yeah like I thought that was cool for both of us to be doing like he game. was a, yeah like he's the producer he can write he can rap and i'm i'm a we can do something together you know but it kind of things didn't happen that way and uh we're good we're on good terms right now but it's just uh i guess getting back to my point so yeah i never had to do anything to compromise you know like because some girls i think they get proposition Mm -hmm. You know, and then they do things they might not want to do, but they do it to get on or do it to, you know. Because they feel that'll give them access. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and that's the other risk, too. I don't even think it's the men as much as it's the fact that, you know, it's, you know, a line of other women that may. Yeah. As, you know, I've been, you know, I've been on the stage. You've been on the stage. We know who's on the side of the stage, mm -hmm. you know, I keep it moving. And people to this day never believe me when I say, like, no, like, seriously, the way I write raps and what I do, if anything, women are coming up to me like, you know, I got a son. I think he want to meet with you. It's like, nah, <laughs> I'm not meeting women like, yo, I want to get at you. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I've seen it and I know it exists. Yeah. And that's where I think the pressure exists. More so, it's not necessarily as explicit as, uh, hey, I need you to do this for this. As mm -hmm. much as it's like, all right, well, you can leave the dressing room and she can come in. Mm. And it's like, damn, I want to stay. So it's like, how do I get to stay? It's like, <laughs> I guess I got to do what she doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm, that's crazy. Nah, I and I... I'm so thankful I never got put in that type of situation because people could have used their power. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think I can't, I had a presence that was like, and my talent was just like, they saw the bigger picture instead of like, okay, yeah, I fuck her. I, I want to fuck her, but I'm not thinking about that. Let's get this money. Mm -hmm. You know, Drunken Master probably wanted to have sex. I think he even said that, but he never tried to pursue that mm -hmm. you know neither did dj king david nobody i worked with mm -hmm. nobody i worked with you know uh except i'll say that my personal situation with my son's father mm -hmm. it's just i thought he was my um prince shine knight in shining armor at that mm -hmm. time and he was at that time but things change people change you yeah. know but I never had to do anything when I look back, and I'm so glad nobody did that to me. Yeah. Even the guys at FUBU, it was just, they looked at me like a little sister. Hmm. Like, you you know, we're not here for that. 
Hey. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. So moving forward with your music, what what vision do you see moving forward with your music? Um. Well, right now I feel like I would like to just maybe drop an EP or maybe drop songs sporadically. Mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in signing with a label. I I don't think I have been for a while because I just understand what comes along with that. But uh, so I'd rather go the independent route. But, you know, it's some things that I want to do that are different. I kind of want to go left field. Explain that. Like, I don't, the person I was two years ago or when I, the last mixtape I did was in 2015. When I listen to it, I'm not that girl no more. Mm-hmm. Like, we grow every day. I feel like yesterday. I'm not even the person I was yesterday. Um, so when I look back on the girl that I was 10 years ago, I'm not her. Mm-hmm. I'm not the girl from f- when 50 Players Deep came out. I'm just not that girl. When I look at it, it's like, oh, I'm looking at the little 19-year-old me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a woman now. And I've always been ladylike. I've always tried to keep it classy. Sometimes I come off maybe a little hardcore, but I always try to keep it classy. And now that I'm a grown woman, it's like certain things I won't say. But back then, I said it because I was just young, dumb, wild, and like, like, okay, well, let's talk about 50 Players Deep, the dirty version. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I said some explicit things mm-hmm. about different women. You know, the radio version was cleaned up or whatever, but, you know, it was some things I probably wouldn't say today. Mm-hmm. Just because I've grown as a woman, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old no more. When you're in your 20s, you're young, you don't care. But all in all, no matter what, because I, I have some people, maybe some of my mother's friends would be like, woo, you were saying, it would make me feel embarrassed. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they heard me say say those sexual things or cussing like a sailor you know because that's they're not used to seeing me like that like I'm a sweet girl I'm you know I wasn't raised like that but it was another my alter ego came out when 50 players deep came out yeah and but one thing about that song I will say now it took years for me to realize the reason because I used to say to myself why is this song still relevant 15 years later, 16 years later? Now it's like, that was 2001. Yeah. And I still get people that send videos of younger girls rapping my part. Like, why? Why did they, why they fuck with me like that? Because it, but now I understand it's because when I, when I was reciting that rap, I said it with conviction. And I said it like I meant it because I felt like out of those 50 bitches, 50 misses, maybe about 30 of them were me. You know what I mean? And so when I put that energy out, women gravitated to it. Like, oh, yeah, that's me too. I can relate to being a pretty missus. I can relate to being a uh, you got the money, you know I got the time, missus. Like, and it, I, didn't, I never understood, like, why they like the song? Why they like my part so much, you know? But it was a female anthem because I felt it when I said it, and they felt me when I said it. So it's like, okay, I made an impact with that. 
That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. And I think um, the same way, even when uh, it's so funny, as as you saying that, and I know I can already see some of the comments because people have given comments about <laughs> our interview. But uh, I hope good. People connect. <laughs> no, no, you know people. You know, okay. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But um, yeah. people connect Fuck when you bitch. get in your zone. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The opposite. <laughs> I was going to say from the perspective of like more so me, like oh, okay. he's always talking about himself, but, um, oh, this is your show. But man. from the, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that's exactly how I feel. Like it, Detroit is different. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the, is different. I am the, is different. Okay. In reference to this, but even from how people connect to your verse on the music thinking song, like, yeah. like it's like, yo, that's dope as hell. Yeah. Like of the songs from my album, I think that stands out the most a lot because of your verse. Oh, wow, man. You know? And I what uh, we did that in 2011? Maybe 2011, maybe 12. 12. I, I don't know. It's I all, think it's like it's all a blur. You know, that was like the beginning of me saying I got to I'm I want to like really talk about I want to mm. show this side of me that uh that I don't think I've ever shown before like the things that I think about in life are deep I'm a deep thinker I'm a um, I'm a thinker I'm like I'm a I'm into a lot of things that most people probably wouldn't I don't know I just think um, based off of the 50 players deep verse that's how people know me they don't know anything else you know what I mean and, and that's I've all always know you as something else because yeah. from the first perspective, when I saw, you know, like one of our first link ups was through King David. Then after that, I was like, yo, man, uh, I want to get an MC because I'm hip hop. You know, like this is like my surface based thinking. I'm doing this Kwanzaa event at the Woodward, man. I want to have an MC do like host this Kwanzaa event I'm doing. And he was like, yo, you should have Lola do it. And I was like, Lola? <laughs> I was like, seriously? And he was like, yeah, man, she'll do that. Hmm. Man, that how. was so epic. Do you know I was nervous? You told me that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I got to get up in front of everybody. And like, this, I'm not rapping. I have to, this is so different. Like, but it's so, I want to be a part of it. I like it. It's different. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. You know? And the whole purpose behind it was so dope. And then you had it at this dope spot on Woodward. Mm-hmm. The Woodward? What was it, it was called? the Woodward. My vision, like, so, like, I guess this is, like, kind of opening up the veil even with me and Kwanzaa events. Like, my thought process was it's a lot of cool restaurants. Like, this is so long ago. So, like, we're looking mm-hmm. at, like, what is this, 2006, 2007 Detroit. I thought it was a lot of dope restaurants that were black owned in detroit yeah but people don't often go to them Mm -hmm. so my thought process is kwanzaa is a seven-day celebration if people at least for seven days said all right i'm gonna go to a different black restaurant for seven days that shit would be cool Mm. and that was my thought process as i went to african center schools but that was my thought process then it ushered in all types of new opportunities but at the time that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And I knew Joey that at the time owned the, uh, owned the Woodward. Joey who? Uh, uh, Joey Cartwright. And Joey was like, 
man, you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. And yeah. I was like, all right, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm. And uh, he I opened up it and it was on. freezing. Yeah. It was freezing that day uh, in the CompuWare building. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Mayor Kilpatrick, Detroit. So a lot of things were different at the time. You were there, a lot of people were there that even like that now connect to my life or that have passed on like uh, Louis Colson, Gloria House, you, uh, it was even people to this day that talk about that they were there. And it was a mm. lot more people that came than I thought would have came to mm. that event. Wow. I thought it was so cool how you had it laid out. You had the, um, what do you call it? Uh, it was like a the order of how everything's, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Like Just a, like the program. Program. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. think of that. Um I never seen nothing like that. I thought I was really impressed with how you just put it all together. Like I said, the location, the ambiance was nice. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, I was honored that you wanted me to be a part of And that. it was really alley King Dave because he was like, and just my trust in King Dave. I was like, for real? I was mm-hmm. like, all right, for sure. Yeah, King Dave, we he taught me really about how to, like the whole art of mixtapes. Mm-hmm. You know, like him just slanging his mixtapes and Yo, putting together strong, my mixtape. One of the first, the mount, one of the mountain climbers mixtapes is one of the first mixtapes I ever bought because King Dave and the people in my uh, Hawks Barbershop right there off Schoolcraft, is, mm-hmm. that's his hood. You know? Right, yeah. Like he, you know, I learned a lot from him. And like I said, we had like a brother-sister kind of relationship. I, I just... You know, we clicked. It's every now and then I get somebody that I just click with, and I have to fuck with people I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And Dave was always like, okay, he want to see me win. He want to, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. And at that time, I wasn't working with anybody. I wasn't signed to any label or mm-hmm. anything. And at that time, I think I wanted to get a record deal with the record labels. Mm-hmm. Cause, that definitely was where your mind was. Yeah, because right? I think Facebook had just, started in like 2008 that's when i started facebook for people outside of college like around yeah. the time yeah yep and yeah but now i don't want a record deal yeah i mean you don't need a record label no not at all at this point so your vision of music now is i do see like i threw it out there like i think we'll probably work together a little bit as i don't even really work with many artists it's just a good vibe, like I yeah. always get. So the door is always open to work with Lola. So you yeah. see Kari, you see Lola, vice versa. Um, what do you see yourself doing? And and now it a lot of things have changed. America's changed. Mm. You've grown older. Your mom, you know, like it's other layers into yeah. things <laughs> now in the music. It is. Like I'm a mom and my son is in ninth grade. Mm. And it's so cute because, like, some of his friends, the girls, would be like, oh, my God, your mom is so cute. She's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, I look young. I look younger. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that. But it's like I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. I want to make my mark. I'm not trying to blend in with the millennials. I'm not trying to be like them. I feel like I have my own lane to drive in i just haven't really created that lane yet like okay so let's i forgot to mention lauren hill when we were talking about influences yeah Yeah, like okay amongst kim and foxy there was the lauren hill you couldn't put her in no box you couldn't she could rap 
she could sing, she was beautiful, she could act. It was like, oh, this is like, she was the one that showed me, like, she's not, just because she's a rapper, she she's great at other things, too. And she like, was the best rapper in the Fugees, too. It's not like yeah. she was a rapper. She was MC, pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Like, she was an amazing rapper. Yeah. Like, though, people don't look back at her as an MC. I know. And to think she got booed on the Apollo stage. Yeah. That just blows my mind. That just should be like, wow, Apollo you got to keep going. Stage. Yeah. Apollo's a rough stage. I've been booed at an Apollo, not the Apollo. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, wow. getting booed, I think, every performer should be booed. It, it's a hmm. good, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good dose of reality. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, oh! <laughs> Like, oh, and I was feeling myself backstage too, but the sound man messed me up, so it was like, oh, and they were like, yo, you know, all it takes is one, and then it feels sometimes you need that, though. Yeah, yeah, I like I say, a dose of reality, boy, it grounds you, it do because, um, it's like opposition. Yeah, strongly thrown at you like a tomato thrown at you. Yeah, and then you, you get you, then you get going again. Like, damn, I gotta I gotta step up game right here. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, either it's gonna make you stronger or it might make or you, you feel defeated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get you out the game. And the ones that are strong don't let that defeat them. No, not at all. You know, you gotta have tough skin. Yeah, yeah, and so, that's just yeah. So, so I see that. And as we wrap up, uh, classic Detroit is different questions. So, mm-hmm. first one, your very first car, the year, make, and model, and what year did you get it? Oh, my very first car was a Chevrolet Cavalier, a 90. It was ugly. It was <laughs> it was busted, but it was a car. And I got it in 96. What? Okay, what year was the car when you got it? Uh, I think it was like a 90. Okay, a 90. So six yeah. years old. Where was the first place you went when you got it? Well, I was still in high school. I was a senior. Okay, so, so you went to school. Yeah. You didn't go to your friends? I was like, yo, I'm whipping now. I think I did. I think I did. Um, And then they had cars too. Oh, okay. So it was different. It was like, yeah, it was like, but that was dope. If you had a car in high school... You was you winning. Was, you was winning big time. It was like, we ain't walking. Mm-mm. That's what's so funny mm-hmm. even about the internet age today. Like, I look at my little cousin, and she's a senior now. It's like, because you connect so much through the internet, you don't even really care about cars as much as we did. Yeah. Like, we couldn't wait to drive. Mm. I know. They don't They don't really not, care. <laughs> not not the same way. Not, not the same. Nothing like. We was, like, counting down days. Like, we was in prison. Like, the calendar. Like, with the X. Like, I'm about to be 16. And, like. Where did you go for driver's training? Oh, man. I went to. <laughs> I was actually one of those lucky people that got. I got driver's training in high school. Okay. So, I was lucky in that. And I went to. Uh, for my part two, I had to go to ABC. Oh, right. ABC. Yep. 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 They were around. Yep. Whoever that ABC instructor was that was with me, boy, God bless that man's uh, nerves and tempers. <laughs> because between me and the other people in that car, he was just like, you're getting close to that curve. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was just like drinking that coffee like, you're getting close to that curve. 
we gonna go on the freeway now. <laughs> wow, like, damn, boy, this guy got steel in his veins. Well, you have to. I don't commend. I went to a place called Jacks. Oh, I Do remember, you remember a lot of people went to Jacks. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this man was crazy. Jacks. Yeah, people saying Jacks was crazy. We was jamming like for our, uh, our drive. We he put on a he put in a mixtape and it was all ghetto tech. Hilarious. Like it's like some holes in this house, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he was an old Jewish man, and he had an old school cutlass, and Hilarious. you he had to put the thing on top of the hood. Yeah, the drivers. Yeah. Man, I had I can't, and he gave us the answers <laughs> to the like. It was like, look, if you pay for the class you're gonna pass i'm gonna give you the answers so when you go to secretary of state you're gonna pass like mm-hmm. jacks was out here making make making accidents happen yeah <laughs> but luckily my older brother taught me how to drive when i was like 12 or 13 we would go uh-huh. in the back of the kmart parking lot and you know i get behind the wheel and like oh, okay i'm driving like so i i knew how to drive mm-hmm. before going to him okay so, well, that's yeah. at least good, but yeah, I remember Jax. Yeah, a lot of people went to Jax. Mm-hmm. A lot of people went to Jax. Yeah. They was like, "Yo, if you want to get on, that's where you need to go." Right. But Jax cost money. It was like your parents would have had to like come with that three bills. Was it that much? So yeah, yeah, three bucks, mm. three th- three hundred dollars when you a teenager back in the nineties was like, yeah, an insurmountable amount of money. It was like, what you gonna do for that three hundred dollars? Like. <laughs> <laughs> and now three hundred is like three hundred is like nothing pennies. Um, next Detroit is a different question. Okay, if you're a DJ at the Detroit Fireworks, Jefferson and Woodward. It just ended. What three songs are you playing? You mean this year? Any year? I mean, if you're I'm, the DJ, so you can play music for you, or you can play music for the crowd. Mm. Well, I'm going to say the record that I was jamming to on the way here. Okay. Freeway, um, what we do. Okay, I like it. Because Freeway, Beans, J. Yeah, I mean, I was. That's just, one. You okay, get three. Three, because I'm a. I would go back to that era. Okay. But then I would stay current, and I would go with, um, Pharrell. Like mm. I've been digging his new album like crazy. He's just a eclectic eccentric kind of guy i didn't even know he dropped a new album but nerd, what, what well, song nerd it's the group nerd okay whatever. what song um it's a song with him and andre 3000 okay uh i forgot the name of it okay but we know the song but it's an up-tempo kind of record um, and last song what you playing the last one just to like slow it down um I don't know. I would uh maybe I'll go with uh XXX, one of his songs. I Which like one? that guy. Which one? Um the one where he had a video the last video he put out. Okay. Triple X yeah. and Sion. I forgot what was I the forgot name the of name of it. Um, but I know I we know that song too through the yeah. video. Very last question. If you mm-hmm. could rename Woodward after one D Trader, who would it be and why? If I could rename Woodward, oh, I would say Kwame Kilpatrick. Why? I love him. Okay. I don't care what nobody got to say about him. Mayor Kilpatrick. I love him. I I know he made mistakes. I know he did some things, but he didn't do nothing that 
no other white politician probably did that just got away with it. You know, when you playing in that game, you know, it's just I just feel like the black community kind of crucified him. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you know, I get it, but we have to I would I would name the street after him because I was proud of him. I was proud of him as a young black man to propel himself to that level hmm. of being the youngest mayor in Detroit and the things that he did for Detroit. Um, hmm. I just, you know, I'm just proud of him. We come a long way. Okay. You know? All right. That wraps everything. If people want to get in contact with you, how do they reach out and, um, and rap with you? Or what yeah. They do? So I'm, I'm really, people can find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. at I am Lola Damone. Um, I am trying to build a different brand outside of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a weird space right now where I want to develop, you know, but for right now, if people want to reach out to me with that, they can because I'm doing production. I'm learning production right now. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to rebrand myself outside of Lola Damone, even though that's always going to be a part of me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I want a new identity almost because I'm doing something different. You know, I want to produce. I hope to work with different artists. Maybe I can shoot you some beats. You know, it's rock and roll. Like as I as I have not been recording recently. But I got some other beats, but um, 2020 will put a nail in the coffin to this whole concept I got for Detroit Heaven. Wow. And that may put a nail in the coffin for a minute for me even performing, even though I was surprised. It was a show I did at Focus Hope uh, because one of the performers couldn't make it. Mahogany, she got called to something overseas. Mm. And I, love I was her. surprised. Shout out to Mahogany. Oh, yeah. Mahogany <laughs> Jones is killing it. Yeah. But uh, that's why I wanted her on it instead of me. I was mm. like, yo, y'all should have got Mahogany. And it, it was so messed up, too, because Angela Davis performed before me. And I was like, man, we got light rehearsals in. And then I was like, I don't know how this performance is going to be. And then when Angela killed it, I was like, damn, now nah, I got to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> to come it actually worked her, well. Huh? But I was like, yeah. yo. She raised the stakes. Angela Ooh. came out like a true professional that she is. And I was like, oh, I should have I should have went before Angela. Yeah. <laughs> but I am going to record again in 2019. That is something I'm looking forward to, especially yeah. actually soon, like the winter. I'm going to start writing and getting back in the mix because 2020 is going to put a nail in the coffin. But I need to record in 19. So I actually memorize this stuff to perform it. Well, whenever you want to be, I mean, let me be honest. I'm, I'm on my MPC. You okay. know, I'm learning right now. You old but school. You actually got an MP. You didn't even go with like a. a well, a, not the like old. A new, a I, new model. Like a like you know most of these cats just use Fruity Loops and yeah, you know. No, I got an MPC based. live actually. Okay. So that's like a new. Version, version of the MPC that came out like a year ago. Okay. And yeah, I got I got this little mini MP thing. Oh yeah. See, that's but how, see how I am. You can make dope shit off of whatever though. Even yeah. on Fruity Loops. You yeah, know? you can. I heard that it was a lot of hit records made on Fruity Loops. Many. You know? Many. So that's just like but yeah, I'm like a student right now. So I got I think I got like 
10 beats I made. Okay. But I'm still trying to perfect my craft, you know, and sometimes I want to promote that I do beats, but then sometimes I'm like, let me just be quiet and shut the fuck up until I actually have some, like, fire. But this is like, I got irons in the fire right now, basically. And by 2020, I hope that things by then, like, my production will be seasoned. Okay. And then my sound would be seasoned. And what I talk about is not going to be compared to what any other female rapper is talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized that somebody's got to talk about something different. Because mm-hmm. I'm hearing the same thing kind of repeated in different ways. And it's like, okay, nah, we, you know, we got we to gotta talk about other things. You know, it's so much more content to discuss other than... But that's a whole nother, like... Yeah, a whole nother podcast, really. Yeah, because it's a lot of female rappers today. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's, more. it's like, and you I... Know, shout out to, uh, through Piper Carter, I met a lot. As I know, Piper's going to be like, if I know I'm going to be remiss. We need to get you on one of them foundation shows. I'm going to do another show with the foundation, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her in the straight female hip-hop stage with DJs and yeah. MCs and producers... Uh, we did something big already, but uh, next I think we're going to do something with Mahogany, Bug Brown, and I see Lola in the mix as well. Yeah, and you know, all, they all, I love all of them. Shout out to Piper. Like, you know, the last big thing I can, like, pat myself on the back for is being a part of the DIAs. Um, yeah. That that just, I remember just being like, how do, do I deserve that? Am yeah. I worthy of that? Uh-huh. Like, that was such a big thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. that book means everything to me. That fact that my face is in there and I play a part in Detroit hip-hop. You do. You know, that just... I Sometimes I don't feel like I deserve it. You, you but play I, a big part in it, actually. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that was, yeah. Shout out to that whole movement, Deciphered. Yeah. Alec, yeah. Uh, Alice in Wonderland nowadays. I mean, you got more MCs coming up. Um, Who is man. Alice in Wonderland? Oh, I'm going to introduce you to her. She dope as hell. I like the uh, name. That's just dope. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Who else? Who else is Piper introduced me to? It's like so many MCs. It's like, oh, you need to meet her. You need mm-hmm. to meet her. You need to meet her. It's like Piper. It's like Piper, Piper. It's Piper. Shout out to the Piper Carter podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Yeah. If you like information, you definitely need to check that. Um but uh, but yeah, it's it's some dope MC. So I see that I see yeah. that booming. Yeah, it's a, I'm I'm happy about it. Like wow, because at one time this was an art that women did not pursue. And yeah. when I when I jumped into it, it was you know it was like it was very few of us. But yeah. now it's a community of women. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about the content of what they are delivering. You know, the younger girls. Mm, I feel that. And it's funny, as you mentioned that, as I hooked up with my boy uh, Khan or Kills uh, today, and I saw Redbone because she came out and supported him. Another legend. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah. One of the strongest battle MCs ever. But, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because, I mean, these are babies. I look at these girls as like, okay, I come from a whole nother era, generationally, like, so, um, but I, I, I just like that everybody's doing them in 2018. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. 
You know, you are the one that's stopping you, your own shadow. This is the attitude that I think consciously everybody's starting to feel that. Like, and we'll see more and more people start following their dreams and doing things that they always wanted to do. True. You know? So I'm happy about it. I support it. I love um, seeing the young girls speak their minds. I like it. I yeah. Like it too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely adding perspective in this era and this day and age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of things are changing as far as um, some of these, um, you know, what has been in all industries, such male-dominated, uh, so patriarchal, uh, domineering and disrespectful to women yeah. uh, is now changing the way. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I like to see women talk about things that most women don't talk about. Like, um, do you do you follow the girl Neelam? Neelam? N-E-E-L-A-M? I'm, I don't know. I follow her, but you know, I guess she's with the Nation of Islam, and mm-hmm. she wears her coverings, and mm-hmm. but she spit like she got bars, okay, <laughs> like cool. serious bars. Okay, but she comes off very like ladylike, like she don't cuss. You know what I mean? It's I'm like check it. I'm gonna check it. She's dope. She's saying things the black community needs to hear. I'm gonna check for it. Yeah, I'm gonna check for it. I definitely will check. That's for what it. I like to see, like. Let's, uh, we need to start, rap has a, it has that stigma of it's got to be gangster, hardcore streets, and it don't always have to be that way. The tough thing about that too, though, becomes, like in a lot of music that's not gangster, hardcore streets, when it's, whether, I mean, whether it be like a Big Sean or a Drake or uh, Kanye West or uh, Charles Hamilton or whomever, it becomes very objectifying to women, you know? Mm. So, like, it's like, yeah, I'm not rapping about killing people, but the way women are portrayed in the music, and I know it's through the lens of an adolescent male, mm. and often seeing women as objects kind of go hand in hand. Mm. Uh, but, like, even with the Drake album, it's so unique, like, as I listen to it, and he talks about, like, you know, like one of his songs is like one of the deeper songs where he's like, women are taking pictures of places that they used to visit just to, you know, just to make <laughs> themselves seem like they in places even though they not, you know, like the, the song where <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm not hiding my, my, my kid from the, I'm hiding my kid from the world, not hiding the world from my kid. Mm. So it's like, women are taking pictures, like basically like he's saying like women are traveling places, not releasing the pictures on Instagram because they want to seem important. But it's like, it's a weird perspective. Like, okay, this is mm. such a male perspective of looking at it, which mm. I'm a guy. So I know the perspective he comes from, but that still even looks at things from a lens is like, if a man were to do something like that, you wouldn't even be paying attention to that uh, shit like that. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you wouldn't even look to a man's timeline or even care about his pictures to be like, Man, you was in Jamaica two months ago. Why yeah. you putting the picture out right now? Women catch it harder. But that's part of yeah. the... That's what I'm saying. And yeah. Drake is looked at as a person that's definitely not a gangster rapper, Mm-mm. but the perspective of which he comes from. So, like, the the way I relate to other men is through objectification of women, not 
as opposed to other things. Like, so it's just a unique thing. Uh, as I look at things and I don't have many songs period about like me and relationships. And I'm going to think about that in this next project and just explore and try to open up in more of that. But I'm an older guy. So like, mm-hmm. it'll be a different perspective, but looking at women for so long in hip hop have been objects. We Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that, I don't think, I think women will continue to get objectified. Like I agree, but yeah. but still offering other perspectives. Yeah. You know, because even when heightened up, you know what I'm saying? You know, I need but a girl with extensions on her head, bamboo earrings, at, at least, least two pairs. Pair, you know, Fendi bag and a bad <laughs> attitude. You know, that's the type of girl I need to get me in a good mood. You know? Do you know I was the biggest LL? Like, uh, well, I had a crush on him. All the girls like a lot of women. Hence, ladies love. Yeah, but when he did that record, <laughs> I was in middle school, and it was just like that was another record that like I knew word for word. Like, I want to be a rapper. I think rapping yeah. other people's raps was like inspiration to be my own rapper. Mm-hmm. Nas was such a big when I was writing poetry, and I remember um, his first album came out. Mm-hmm. That was. And it's still classic. Yeah, Illmatic is Illmatic. Amazing. Yeah, but yeah. it's still like, even with it, and that's a song that a lot of women identify with, you know. Which one? It's still like a around the world girl or, yeah. you know, like most of the Two Shorts fans are women. But it's still <laughs> not like, hey, I'm connecting with this woman because she connects with me very deeply. And nah. she connects with me. And I'm glad because she sees the most in who I am in my personality. It's like all from a perspective of uh, what is that Um, like surface you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. it's very superficial like all of these external things connect with me to have a deeper connection to who she is as opposed to like something deeper of who she is Mm -hmm. you know whereas on the flip side anytime a rapper ever talks about his mama it's like it's the internal essence yeah. of who she is that brings out the external beauty. Mm, that's deep. That's deep. Speaking of too short, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, he just came out with a new album. He, he actually just did. He and I was listening to it and I was like, yo, he's my, I like, I like this. I love too short because look how long he's been in the game. Short is like, <laughs> short is on many levels because of who he is and what he raps about. Uh, definitely, you know, P-I-M-P-O-L-O-G-Y. Yeah. He's one of my favorite as well. And mm-hmm. he's definitely not like an MC's MC, but for what the pocket he sticks in. And then also, as far as rappers, when I met them, if it ever was a more like, you know, approachable, down-to-earth dude, he, Ty um, Shaw was like wow. mad cool. I never met him. Mad wow. cool. Shout out to Shed in the uh in the after party that they did over there at uh off East Franklin. Uh shout out to uh Steve's and Steve Sobel. Now they ho- they whole staff. Cause that one summer it was weird. It, and I wanna say that was like that was the summer uh life of the party dropped. What year was that? 
I don't even remember what that oh, was. Oh, Life of the Party. Like, oh. With Snoop and Mr. Fab. Yeah. And mm. uh, and then right after that, it was like, damn, I was looking at women like, yo, man, y'all like, y'all like seven years older than me, but they all backstage and, and I'm kicking it with Shorty like, yo, what up? And I'm like, damn, <laughs> this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy i'm surprised that he even acknowledges me at this point in time because mm. i'll be acknowledging her for <laughs> short like uh, 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 you know yeah shout out to shed and and that whole team at east franklin that day good day good day good day and it's also uh keep this in mind any performer uh when you do meet people after a show many things can be on your mind but stuff like that stands out to people for forever Right. So, like, yeah. if you in a bad zone, you may ain't no telling who else is backstage that just got there to be backstage. But if you in a zone that can turn people off, that can mess around and have an impression on a person for years. It can. It can. You know, I was a big fan of Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. And then when we shared the stage together, it was a summer jam mm-hmm. um, at the State Fairgrounds. Yeah. When they used to do them there, I think it was '98 that did it, and um, I wanted a picture with her. Like I was like, mm-hmm. and this was back when you had the disposable CBS yeah, yeah. cameras, as we say. <laughs> but her people, her team was like, they told me no at mm-hmm. first, and it was like, okay, all right, but um, she ended up doing it, you know. But it's like, if at first I felt like. How could she do that to some like a fan, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that look up to her? And that's and that's how I be. Yeah. And when I say that's how I be, and I mean to say that in broken English form, you have to be present. And that's the mm-hmm. tough thing about today, even more so than ever, because these camera phones and these camera oh, shots, yeah. it throws me off when people want to take camera phone pictures with me sometimes after stuff. So, at, right after an event, even though if I'm still on stage. The immediate time you're done with performing, people are thinking about, is the money good? Mm-hmm. Just if you're listening, that's that's my mind. And I think that's most performers. Mm-hmm. Is the bag secure? Right. Unless you're like Aretha Franklin and you got the bag beforehand. But yeah. unless you Aretha and, and rest in peace, Lady I Aretha. know, rest but, in peace. Uh, unless you like that, you get the bag after. Yeah. So you your mind can be a million and one places so if you like hey let's take a picture i'm not dissing you Mm -hmm. i'm like i need to make sure i get my check right because it ain't even the check for me because i perform with a band so i gotta pay the drummer the guitar player the bass player the key player because i don't know what else they got going on sometimes Mm -hmm. my band players may have another show that same night Mm -hmm. so i gotta get the bag from them so that I can get the money to them. So yeah. I may be, you thinking I'm spinning you, I ain't spinning you. It's not you. that, yeah. I'm making sure they good. Mm-hmm. You have to always take in consideration. You don't know what that person is yeah, going yeah. through. And I had to think about that. She just might not have been in the mood to take a damn picture. It, it, and she it just happened. may have been securing that back. That or anything could have been going on, but yeah. she took the picture. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Really, it was a picture... For somebody else. Somebody else wanted to take this little girl that I met at the show. She she was like a picture with both of y'all. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, Can we take a picture? It's really mm-hmm. for her. But yeah. I was honored to take a picture with her too. But she did it. So that's all that mattered. You that's know dope. what I'm saying? That's dope. So. But stuff like that can have an impression. And mm-hmm. then you don't do the picture and then it's like, Oh, that's an old ass 
Yeah, you but know. you can't take it personal because you just don't. You don't know what they're dealing that they with. They too big for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't you take up. it personal. It'll mess Mm-mm. you up. <laughs> don't take it personal, like Monica said. But this right. is a great interview. Mm. As always, I love vibing with you. Yeah, likewise, um, I enjoy it. I see more coming, and um, we'll go from there. Cool. Thank you for having me. All right, peace. Peace. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.